0: is out. The Age of Independence is here, where the next generation of high-performing agencies transform the agency landscape. I'm a mom, a businesswoman, and mega startup coach. This podcast is all about you, the agency owner, stepping into the new wave of opportunity, knocking out the competition in the modern market. This is the Age of Independence podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Agar. Welcome to the show. Hi Andes, and welcome to the show. This is Caitlin Agar, your host. And thanks for tuning back in into the Age of Independence, where we're brainstorming and really carrying on this conversation of how to crack the code to high volume new business growth in your area for your agency. And that's going to look a little bit different for different agency models. And that's what makes the independent agency channel so beautiful is your freedom to cultivate and design the agency of your dreams. It really reflects your values and what you're all about. And um, we're spending time this year speaking with different guests about what they're doing in the sales world and the new business growth environment and what that looks like from a marketing perspective, what that looks like from an education and onboarding perspective. And today we're gonna hear a little bit about a really cool InsurTech carrier that I think most of you, If you've had your ear to the ground, or already familiar with this carrier, but we want to learn more about their heartbeat and um, and dive into that today. So before I introduce our guest, um, thanks so much for tuning in. If you haven't had a chance to subscribe yet, it would be wonderful if you could click that little subscribe bell if you're watching on YouTube, so you can get notifications when there's new content coming up. And make sure that you've subscribed to the Agency Intelligence Podcast if you listen on. Apple or Spotify on your way into work in the morning, you'll see the new Age of Independence content coming out every Monday morning. So thanks for listening. I love your feedback and I love getting your questions. Let me know what's top of mind for you so that I can make sure that we're bringing on guests that let you know what's going on in the space and talking about the things that are top of mind for you and your team. So um, without further ado, I want to introduce you guys to um, Ty Harris, the CEO of Openly, and we want to talk about the cutting edge things that they're doing in the space. Ty, thanks for joining us. Welcome, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Uh, really happy to be here and, and appreciate the opportunity.
0: Absolutely. And you know, at Quantum, we're we're big fans of Openly and what you guys are building. I believe that you're solving some some really big pain points for the client and the more we can ease pain points for the client, the more we can ease pain points for the agent as well. And so I think there's a lot there to unpack. And so and why don't you tell us where you're calling from today?
1: Yeah, oh, thank you. Well, so I live with my uh, wife and two kids in Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, our company openly is based in Boston, where I spent most of my adult life. I um, have, have more recently moved down to, to South Carolina, but we are now a, a widely distributed company. We have employees in, I think, 22 states at this point. So it gives us the opportunity to uh, live in a lot of great places.
0: That's so awesome. Charleston is beautiful. I grew up in North Carolina, so I'm in love with those East Coast beaches. And I think you made a good choice, but Boston had to be hard. Was it hard to leave Boston? <laughs> uh, okay, <laughs> no, I, I,
1: look, I love Boston. We lived in the city and it was just, it was an amazing place. I'll, I'll... I already miss it a, a whole bunch, but, um, Charleston's nice. Yeah. I, I actually went to college in, uh, in North Carolina and grew up in Atlanta. So, um, it's not, you know, it's not something totally foreign to me to be living in the South.
0: Did you really? What, what college did you go to in North Carolina?
1: I went to Duke for undergrad.
0: You did. I, I, um, was born in Winston-Salem and, and grew up there. Justin and I got married in the Raleigh-Durham. Uh, we were living in the Raleigh-Durham area at the time. And before we headed out to the Midwest, uh, Duke is a fantastic school. I, yeah. I, I think I'm a bit of a Tar Heels fan myself, though, if I'm honest.
1: All right, I'm out of here. Not Duke. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's all behind me now. No, I, I love Duke. Though. It was, it was great.
0: So you're, you're not the first guest that I've interviewed that's from Boston. And I've confessed to our audience that I have never visited Boston yet. And it's like so high on my list. I cannot wait to get a, I want to do all the, the touristy things.
1: Oh, it's amazing. Boston's great. It's a, it's a, for, for like a quote, big city, Boston calls itself the hub, right? It's, I don't know that it's quite the hub, maybe in 1400 or something, but like, it's, uh, it's great for a relatively big city because it's so compact. Um, you can really, in the downtown area, you can just walk around and and do lots of touristy stuff. The, The only catch is you have to do it during about three and a half weeks in the middle of summer when it's, uh, great weather. I'm kidding. The fall is really nice. I would not recommend the winter or uh, what you might think of as the spring if you don't live in Boston because what other people think of as the spring is what Boston thinks of as like, you know, blizzard central. But uh, no, it's great. though. I highly recommend it. I actually am starting to highly recommend Charleston though, I got to (laughs) say.
0: So what's the first thing I should do or place I should visit when I finally make it to Boston this year?
1: Oh, the first thing you should do. Well, you know, it kind of depends. We're talking. I, I, my, uh, you know, during COVID, I, I, I don't know it's that I have a perfect recommendation. There's some yeah. beautiful. Uh, I would go hit like the, you know, walk around the common, um, just see the downtown area outside. If we are living in a, uh, you know, go back inside kind of world, um, I this is gonna this is super cheesy, but I think it's amazing to go to the top of the, uh, the uh, Hancock Tower there. They have a rotating bar where you can look down, you can watch a game at Fenway while they're playing it. You can look the other way and see Harvard. It's just a great way to, on your first day, have a cocktail and look out over the city.
0: That's so awesome. Well, I I hope I make it there sooner rather than later, and I'll take a selfie and tag you guys. For sure. Uh, So tell us when Openly was born and just a little bit about your company.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, Openly was born. So I I spent my uh, career in insurance. I was at Liberty Mutual for about 12 years and a very, you know, a senior executive position and left that in 2017 to found openly. So end of 2017, literally founded the company. It it takes a long time to start a new insurance company as my co-founder and I, my co-founder who was at Goldman Sachs before and has a um, heavy insurance and and financial kind of pedigree. Um, So it took us a couple of years to actually get to market, lining up the reinsurance and, you know, everything that we needed, all the building, all the systems and and raising money from some of the leading VCs. We got to market in late 2019 in our first state. Um, and since then, it's been a matter of, you know, <laughs> being in market, adapting, expanding states. We're in about eight states right now and, and growing really rapidly. But uh, yeah, it's it's flies by, but I guess almost a year and a half in market now.
0: That's fantastic. And congratulations on the explosive growth. And um, the reason I wanted to have you on the podcast today is because for independent agency owners, um, our, our carrier relationships and carrier partnerships are really important to us um, because it's it's important to be able to you know do business with people where you're you're headed in the same direction and you're partners and you um, you're working together instead of against you know in two different directions. So um, when we see an insurtech pop up on the scene. Um, there's a lot of questions and a lot of buzz around, like, who are they? What's their goal? What does this mean for the independent agency space? So, so what motivated you to open openly?
1: Yeah, I mean, so like I said, I, I was in, on the carrier side um, at a giant carrier, um, Liberty Safeco, for about 12 years. And so I got to see like five different channels of distribution within insurance. I actually ran the product management organization there at the end of my time. There, um, and, and I, I saw five different channels, including the Safeco independent agent channel. Uh, and so I, I was kind of forming my opinions that way. And at the same time, actually, my wife, um, founded a Scratch independent agency. She's in insurance too, by chance. Um, and she founded a Scratch independent agency in Massachusetts. And so I got to, you know, kind of learn about it from that perspective, uh, really directly as well. And, and then my co-founder, he, Matt, who's the CTO of the company. Uh, he was also a founder of an independent agency on the technology side. And so he saw that. So I think the two of us, Matt and I, really saw the, well, we deeply believe in the, I'll say the potential of the channel. I mean, of course, it's like the oldest channel, so you know, the extremely well-established channel. But I think we, we see even looking forward and not even looking back, we see amazing potential in the independent agency channel. But we also believe that the, a lot, this is, you know, statement is absolutely true in every case, but a lot of the investment that we saw from carriers in the U.S. in general and technology and the latest and greatest products was more, was often designed around a direct channel. So it's like, hey, we have this amazing product that we're going to go direct to consumers. And that was always the way you jump, the solution you would jump to. And we said, hey, let's build like this amazing insure tech carrier that is the next generation technology, the best product out there, et cetera. But instead of thinking we need to go direct with this, let's actually take this through the independent agency channel. And so Openly is built exclusively for the independent agency channel. We have no designs on um, taking the product directly to the consumer. It is explicitly designed to be built around the problems that we perceive and uh, that were delved or, or that were delivered by carriers within the independent agency channel.
0: So being exclusive to independent agent distribution as opposed to going direct to consumer, that really that puts the independent agent in an amazing spot with that carrier partnership um, because it it shows the value, I think, that you place on the role independent agents play in that conversation. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the product and give us a just a, a sneak peek for people who haven't had a chance to demo it yet? And um, Yeah. I, I've, I've had a demo. I, I've seen it and I, I was uh, pretty blown away, but I want to hear about it from your words first.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's a highly te- technology enabled homeowners insurance product. So it's aimed at the, what I would call sort of the mass affluent market segment. We'll write homes between 200,000 and $3 million. The coverage itself is both quite luxurious in the sense of things like guaranteed replacement cost and open perils contents and high sublimits and things like that. It's also innovative in some ways we can we can get more into, but just the way that you can customize the coverage, the way that it removes some of the gotchas that I saw throughout my career in a standard homeowner's contract, I would say it's it's this amazing coverage that's targeted at single family homeowners that could be primary, secondary, rental, whatnot, Airbnb, whatever. It's just an amazing product for that market segment. I already said it's explicitly through independent agents. So that's the second big component of it. And we're committed to meeting independent agents on whatever terms they want to quote and sell on. So we have a direct portal they can sell through or on some of the comp raters and, and rolling out more uh, this year, etc. And then um, the third component that's really important to understand is what, it, what, it, what we believe it revolutionizes right now is the ease and speed of quoting selling and servicing policies. And so just as an example of that you can go in as an agent, you have a customer on the phone and with a with their name, date of birth and address, you can get to a bindable quote um, where we have ordered you know all the data that we need to, um, it's not kind of a provisional quote and whatnot. You can also see that same quote if you go through the comparative radio, you'll see the exact same bindable quotes, not gonna change, you bridge over. Um, and so getting to that bindable, and then that's the beginning of the experience and that takes about eight seconds in most cases. Um, then what we, what our goal is, is to say, hey, look, we've eliminated a lot of this time that an agent might normally spend entering redundant data that we're able to uh, find based on all these sources that we we pull from online and we put through our proprietary models. And what we are hoping to do then is to free up time for the agent to counsel the customer, to give them advice on the coverage they need, uh, and to you know reassure them about their coverage choices. And so what you do is you get this bindable quote in eight seconds, and then you immediately move to... This screen where there are these sliders and you can customize coverage, you know, up and down and with immediate instantaneous price adjustment um, as you're having a conversation with the customer in very powerful ways. And it's and then it's a simple kind of e-commerce feeling checkout process uh, that you use. So it's just a really fast and easy and intuitive uh, system to use, is that's kind of the, the, the first big hook of it, I would say. When we demo it with agents, that's what gets most of them to say, hey, this is great. I will, even though I have enough carriers, I want to bring you on because I think I could use this. And then they they find they love us for other reasons as, as we move down the road, um, and they start selling with us and interacting with us in other ways. But that's the initial hook, I'd say.
0: When you say a uh, bindable quote quote through the raider that doesn't change, did I hear that right?
1: You heard that correctly. And you want to know one way we do that. So I mean, I know all the. I, I'm an actuary. I used to build, build rating models for you know big carriers. Um, and so you over time you learn everything about these rating models and what's important, what's less important, what's the, you know, what what could you possibly do to get rid of some of the subjectivity? And really, that's that's what we've done in OpenLease. We try to get rid of a lot of the subjectivity that goes in. And a big example of that is with just about every other carrier that I'm aware of, a huge subjective rating factor is the coverage A limit that the customer chooses. And it's sort of a pain point all around, right? The mortgage lender may be saying, hey, we want you to to this market value, even though the home rebuild cost might be half that in a particular jurisdiction. Um, you got the customer might have their own opinion about what it is or isn't worth. And it's, you know, they don't understand replacement costs. And then, you know, at time of claim, then of course, you're creating this risk, you know, unless it's a true guaranteed replacement cost policy where the customer might be underinsured. And so what we did, it's a, we-
0: it's a hot mess. We've made insurance so Crazy difficult. The clients have, it's like pulling teeth or going to the dentist to get a quote on your home
1: insurance. <laughs> so and stuff. it's inaccurate. At the end of the day, it's inaccurate because it's got this big subjective factor that gets swung up or down. You know, so what we did was we got rid of that an entire concept. We said, there is no, we're not going to make anyone pick a coverage A limit. Um, instead, we guarantee replacement of every home up to $5 million. And then behind the scenes, we price the home based on its underlying characteristics. So yes, we have an opinion uh, behind the scenes about the replacement costs. We have the square footage and the number of bathrooms and the roof, show, all this stuff goes in and it actually lands with a more accurate price with much less time consumption back and forth and a better claims experience in case, you know, in a sense of less risk for the customer and agent. So we're oh. excited about that single innovation, which already enables, and then it also enables this bindable quote, right? Cause there's no, you know, it's not like you bridge over and then you get the coverage a right No, we've already built the RCE. Uh, that we believe, and you're not going to change that by bridging over. You're guaranteed a $5 million at that price.
0: And this is so, it, it, it's almost too good to be true. So I just want you to repeat that one last part again, because I've seen it on the screen. But for those who can't see the coverages on the computer screen again, the dwelling coverage is guaranteed replacement cost up to, $5 how much again? Up to $5 million. So on the deck page, instead of their deck page saying $326,000 and 328. Right. It
1: says. Guarantee. I will say there's a couple states where there's legislation where we have to,
2: of course. there is a slider
1: <laughs> where the agent, in ca- in, for the cash out rebuild, we do have to have a, yeah, a slider in particular uh, where you do pick a coverage A. There's a couple states like that, but in states, even though we can get into detail, but even that doesn't destroy the experience because there's less risk on the line, guarantee, we, we still guarantee rebuild up to 5 million in those cases. And um, in most states, it's exactly the experience you described where coverage A guaranteed up to 5 million.
0: And it's, it's so important that we get to the place one day where we can make insurance easier for clients to understand. So it's easier for them to make an informed decision that makes sense for their family. And but it, it, it takes me back to when I first started selling insurance. I, I've always been in sales. Um, I it, ever since I was 18 years old, I've had a a sales position of some kind in in, whether it be retail or whatnot before I got into insurance. And I remember when I got licensed, um, and I started selling insurance for the first time. So I'm like cold calling people over the phone. I'm trying to quote while I'm talking to them. Um, and we were, we were with a captive carrier at the time and I'm learning all of this for the first time. And I'm trying to make sure that I'm calculating the right number for the client. And I didn't want to mess up because I didn't want to over-insure them. I didn't want to under-insure them. And it took 20 minutes of having a really good conversation about their house to figure out what dwelling coverage they really needed. But we were in an area where market values were so much lower at the time than the replacement coverage that every single time, then you had to spend another 20 minutes explaining to them why it was a different number. And then when it came time to bind that quote and you had a little button to press to convert to new business, anyone who's been there in my shoes, you're probably like sweating just thinking about it because you know when you press that button that your price is going to change. (laughs) And it felt like getting the quote from the initial price to the bindable price without the price changing, it felt like a minefield of like, oh, don't press this button and get it wrong. And so for a new person selling home insurance for the first time, there was a a lot of just trying to figure out the system and a lot of focus being spent on the, the rating of the risk to even get to the point where you could then have the coverage consultation and then have your value proposition and, you know, bring that client on board and close that sale. And there's nothing more awkward for a salesperson than like giving the price and having it change and being like, oops, I pressed the wrong button. It's actually $120 more. So I, I, I just am so excited about what this can mean for new insurance professionals, insurance professionals who don't know how to sell home insurance, like the back of their hand right now, where they can navigate all of those obstacles. And it makes it easier for them to get the heart to the heart of the conversation, I think. And so I'm, I'm picturing a much less awkward learning experience.
1: Oh, I couldn't agree more. I mean, when I watched my, like I said, my wife founded this, this scratch agency, and initially they were heavily on auto, and then they said, "Hey, let's bring in homeowners for the, you know, obvious reasons." And watching a lot of the, the the folks there were scared to to go into home. They have great home leads, but for the reasons you described, it is it's daunting to like take that responsibility on when you're counseling someone on their home coverage, and it doesn't help when the carrier you have you're working with like eight different carriers, and each of them has like their own admirals rope, coil, you know, endorsement or whatever. <laughs> you have to know what that means. And when you click on it, the, the system breaks and you have a sticky note to remind you and the underwriter, yes. you have to remember the underwriting rule associated with it. There's none of that. Our goal with Openly is to eliminate all that crap. It's You, you go into the system, it's plain English. You, if you don't understand the plain English, you click on a little thing and, a, and, a, and an article comes up explaining it to you. You don't understand that. There's a, there's a chat window there and you type in and within like 20 seconds, we'll, we'll, we'll have an underwriter talking to you about what that coverage means. Um, and yeah, you, the goal is that you shouldn't need to be trained. Now we like to train people because we like to get them enthusiastic about the system. But anyone with an insurance license should be able able to go into the openly system and you know quote a uh, you know a million dollar home and you know it's, it's there there are you could fall into gotchas there. We allow you to dial the coverage C down to zero and right. like, like you kind of would know you're doing it. It's there's not going to be some gotcha that you know a, a trained sales professional wouldn't. Um, wouldn't understand just because the carrier is set up funny.
0: When you said um, you, um, not needing that, that high level of training, it makes me think of an iPhone because when my grandma said like, well, what kind of cell phone should I get? I was like, well, I think you should get an iPhone because even though it's like the cutting edge, like, you know, thing, it's really intuitive and it's really not that hard to use. And so my recommendation for her was to go ahead and go for it for that reason. You, and so when you're trying out new technology for the first time, if it's that intuitive that you don't need hours and hours and hours of tutorials, I think it just, it's just, it's that moment where the technology becomes like the science and the art come together and you can focus on the purpose for why it's there to begin with.
1: Yeah. And it's so funny because people tend to get that on the consumer side. So anyone who builds, a, is it going to drive spend a lot on advertising drive consumers to an insurance purchase website, I mean, it's it, it was bad at first, but it's getting better, and people understand they'll have little chat bots now. And so you kind of get that someone who shops for insurance every five years needs something pretty intuitive to walk through. But the, I don't think carriers have made the same connection on the agency side. They say, well, they're professional agents. They but when you're an agent dealing with eight, again, eight carriers and it's you know jargon everywhere. that's it's just not the case. Um, and 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 the other the, the real argument is like agents do this all day every day. So if you can save them a little bit of time, that's way more impactful than saving a consumer some time when the consumer shops every five years directly. Let's say you save an agent time on every quote they're doing every day. That's, that's more value add to the world.
0: I think that the insurance products that will succeed as we look into the future are ones that are taking into account consumers needs for sure, which we've done, but what about their wants and their lifestyle? What about their preferences? What about how they like to do business? What about how they, uh, absorb and consume information. And so there's a beauty in that simplicity and being able to hand someone a product that makes sense for how they think and how they learn. And the goal is that they end up with great protection on their house, right? The goal is that if the house burns down, that they're adequately protected, that they don't have um, any gaps in their coverage. So let's make it easy for them to get there. And so I think there, there's a, a lot to be said for that. When, when you said eight seconds, I think we, um, so when you, you mentioned it's, you know, in eight seconds, you can get a bindable rate and how, how much speedier that is than some of the old fashioned ways of quoting. But I think that if to an independent agent, when we hear a a speedy quote or an eight second quote, we think about the carriers that are saying, Hey, call us and save 16% in nine minutes. And um, it it makes us worried for the client. It makes us worried that that kind of marketing is retraining the client to go about finding insurance solutions in a way that will set them up for failure. And so how do we leverage a product that offers this eight-second bindable rate in the way that sets the client up for success instead of just, oh, here... We spent eight seconds on this, take it or leave it.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's perfect. And I, I would never argue that someone should um, <laughs> complete <laughs> insurance purchase transaction in eight seconds. Um, what, what we're trying to do is say, look, you're going to spend a certain amount of time on the phone with this client. and What we're going to do is compress down into a very small portion of that time, the factual transactional uh, prop part of it, gathering facts, paying. Uh, you know, getting the documents ultimately sent to the customer, all that stuff, machine can do. Cram that down into a little tiny bit of time and then spend most of that time having a truly consultative conversation with the customer. I mean, yeah, I, I've watched a lot of, you know, you're on the phone with somebody and you, you, you know you're not gonna, they're not going to put up with an hour long conversation about their home insurance. And so if it takes you, you know, 48 minutes to get to the first quote, you're, you're going to be rushed and like they're, they're, they're sick of it. They don't want to hear about the different options. Whereas if you can get to that first quote initially, then you, you can even, you know, as you have this conversation with them about their needs and their life and, and what they need, you can be using these sliders on your screen in, in real time or even chatting with an openly underwriter um, and, and just watching the price change and sort of formulating as you speak to them the, the packages that you think might make sense for them, um, that have you know, reasonable price points, et cetera. So I, I, what, I, what I wanna do is free up time for consultation, get rid of time that is spent on nonsense.
2: to see your agency succeed nationwide brokerage solutions is here to support you every step of the way don't you survive in the competitive insurance industry thrive with nationwide brokerage solutions today get started today and learn more at mbsbrokerage.com that's where you learn more mbsbrokerage.com cash certified
0: i think that's so important with the i'm as a In my role at Quantum, I'm the director of education. So myself and the education team build out the the sales training and the conversations and our sales processes that we follow to help a client find that tailored custom fit for their family and what that looks like and what that sounds like. And so at Quantum, for us, part of our sales process is what we call quoting live. And that means you've connected with this client. You said, great, you know, what has you looking to change insurance? You begin this conversation. But instead of gathering information, booking a callback and hanging up the phone, you're keeping that conver- you're keeping the conversation going with the client. You are responding to their needs, building value, you're educating them and you're holding a true consultation live with the client over the phone. But what can end up happening, what can be daunting is you're quoting across multiple carriers. You have to spend all this time in the radar filling out all this information that feels transactional. The Raider traps you into, or tries to trap you into being transactional. You bridge over to the carrier. You still don't have the right price. You still have to tweak a couple other things. And what ends up happening is even though then, before you give the price, you should pause and do this great coverage consultation and talk about the contents coverage and talk about the scheduled personal property and water backup and, and building codes coverage. By that time, The salesperson feels like the clock is ticking and that the client needs to go and they end up um, prematurely closing the sale before they've truly met that need and truly educated the client, or at least that's where the danger is. And so what I love about these, these eight second bindable rate opportunities is that It doesn't mean that the consultation with the client doesn't happen. It's creating space for that to happen live over the phone so that you can create a buying experience for your client. You can empower them to end their shopping journey today because you've spent the majority of your time on the phone consulting with them about their family, the things in their house, their property, what matters to them, and making sure that they're protected without feeling like the clock is ticking and that you have to rush. And without feeling like you have to stop and hang up and book a callback just because you have to navigate a hundred buttons on your screen <laughs> to be yeah. able to get an accurate price.
1: Yeah, and you look exactly. If you look at a lot of the direct consumer purchase processes online for home or auto insurance, they're they're very linear in the sense that consumer goes through a certain path, and you get to the end, and here's your three bundle prices, and there's not a lot of going back. You're not going to like. It's really they make it almost difficult to customize your coverage. That the idea is get them to that click buy. Whereas we are. We have a very different approach, right? We we get you to that initial price, but then it's it's not a linear path. You you as an agent are in the software. You you have all these sliders like a dashboard in front of you. You can you know change coverages up and down as you're having this conversation. Go anywhere you want. You get back and forth. It's not like things going to break. You you don't have to go back 17 screens to get back to you know this other thing that you were doing before. And so it's designed to have that non-linear consultative conversation. It's also designed not to. Have fear, right? I, I, like something like take like a home sharing endorsement. So I, I know with all, you know, when you're know, quoting a customer, you're almost scared to ask sometimes, like, oh, well, do you do home sharing? Because I don't know. Does this carrier have the? Whereas in our quoting uh, system, that's just as one example, that's a very simple yes, no. Um, it turns the coverage on. There's a simple explanation of what that means. And it just, I think it makes you much more comfortable about having that conversation and knowing that you've done your underwriting job, but also that they're now covered for, for what they need. And-
0: at Openly, you've approached coverages in a different way on this home product. So what was the impetus for that? Was this based on actuarial research that you've done or focus groups? Like, What, what gave you the, the that light bulb moment that said, if we're going to roll out a home product, it has to be different and these are the particular pain points we're going to solve?
1: Yeah, we, we said, first of all, we're going to take Occam's razor to this thing and anything where like would I recommend to my mother that she buy an insurance policy without this coverage? If the answer is no, then I really think, you know, we probably just need to roll that into the base and, and not have that be some squirrely option that people can get out of. And we didn't want to have holes in our contract where you could buy truly bad coverage. Um, that, so that got rid of a lot of stuff. Uh, we got, we got rid of, um, we, we, we really at every point try to say, is there a way to do this more simply? So golf carts. I mean, do, do you really have to know like the you know exact listing of every single golf cart on this policy, or does it turn out that there's really not that many golf cart losses, and you can have kind of a golf a blanket golf cart coverage um, for you know non street legal golf carts or whatever that that you, j- you just cover that? Or same thing with you know a property across the street that's maybe at a different address. Can you just include that in the coverage B blanket instead of having to schedule this thing? Is that we really pushed ourselves. We said, "Why, why, why does this have to be this complicated? Is it going to materially drive losses?" Now, there's some. Sometimes we said, "Yeah, you actually something like, you know, replacement costs versus actual cash value roof." We do offer the option, you know, of, of for the agent to switch back and forth because it's, it can be such a meaningful driver of, of cost, and we make it very explicit what you're buying. But we do offer an option like that. But in most junctures like that, we made the decision not to offer the kind of worse version because it just wasn't worth the savings you get actuarially.
0: I'd really love to see home insurance products and car insurance products moving forward that that question each line of the policy and and rethink it instead of just uh, recycling the same way that it's been done forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that one day we'll we'll, we'll get there. Um, so th- thanks for making some of those things a little bit easier to work with. I think that's going to be Going to be huge.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that. We'll, we'll continue to do that. You know, our product has a um, it has a landlord uh, variant of it where you just click a button and now it's a landlord product on a modified HO-3. It has a you know um, secondary product as well. So we've really tried to seamlessly integrate those, and we'll do the same thing when we launch other products down the road. We, we are uh, dedicated to this simplicity uh, and uh, openness and transparency of the product um, as we continue to expand.
0: Are you familiar with the KonMari method? Has your wife mentioned it? (laughs) It um, has nothing to do with insurance and everything to do with simplicity and that perfect, like minimalist home where there's no clutter.
1: (laughs) I know you're you're talking about that. Yeah. I, as you may see from our zoom screen, I haven't quite implemented it in my own office. (laughs) It's a journey. It's our anti-KonMari, I guess.
0: Kids. Kids are very anti-Kanvari for sure. <laughs> so um, with your actuarial background, I'm curious where you see the rating of risk going in the future with homes being more and more internet connected. Like what does that mean for mm-hmm. the way that we evaluate risks in homes and where, where do you see that going?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of things here. First of all, it predicting loss from homeowners insurance is a very, very hard statistical problem. And we're nowhere near having that problem sort of licked. right? So it's, you know, over the last 10 years, you've seen this explosion of data that's available, you know, from data from interpretations of aerial imagery, which we use about the, you know, the, to get the roof shape and the slant and the condition and, you know, everything else like that Um, records-based data about the location, about the insured and their, you know, their claims history, about the, so uh, this explosion of data that's sort of available, and there's also an explosion of uh, you know statistical methods that you know other industries have brought to bear, and, and insurance is now bringing to bear on these problems. And so you know our the models that underlie the decisions we make for you know, on pricing, on eligibility, even on commissions that we offer, we have a lifetime value based commission on top of normal commission things like that. Those are all really sophisticated machine learning driven models based on this, again, this explosion of data, which we intake in that sort of eight seconds. Um, so I think there's plenty of room to run there. And I see increased accessibility of that data. I see people getting, you know, drone and satellite imagery every month of each house to see, hey, what's changed? Is there something different that I need to, you know, consult the, the consumer about um, on this house? And then, you know, the, obviously the big, a big question is to what extent will Uh, connected devices in homes take hold of within insurance the way that sort of telematics devices on the auto side have. And I think the jury is to some degree out there. I think there's certainly a lot of value um, for the consumers and having connected devices in their home um, for the convenience and for the loss mitigation in many ways. I think think it is an open scientific question uh, at what point will those devices be kind sort of fully subsidizable by insurance carriers. I think today you have a lot of carriers that are that are pushing them as it's partly a research project. Um, I don't think anyone's yet crossed into, you know, the data we're gathering from these things makes it totally worth it. Um, but it's I have to believe there's a lot of interesting data that will, will come from those devices to to supplement the stuff we are that's already available out there in the world outside the house. Right.
0: Absolutely. And you mentioned you have Employees in 22 states, and the ones that I've interacted with are so gung ho about Openly and all in, and just totally so passionate about your mission. So, talk to us about that startup culture. Like, how did you get to the point where you build a team that's like so engaged and so like pulling in the same direction?
1: Oh, it's it's it, we have an amazing team, and it, it's very much a bootstrap process where there's well, there were two of us in the beginning, and we had to hire one good person, and we said, all right. Yes. Now and it and you you hire and then they hire some great people. And I've just that's in many ways, the greatest success of Openly so far to me is that we built this organization that, like you said, is well, first of all, it's half very well evenly divided in terms of like insurance and technology. And I really think you need both. So we have some of the best software engineers and data scientists out there building the technical side, and then we have some amazing insurance people. Uh, who are you know on the insurance side from you know underwriters and actuaries and you know on the kind of the agent service side on the sales and business development side, it's just the, the the caliber of talent we've been able to attract. I think in part because we are a venture capital you know backed startup. We can say hey Google's Gradient Fund is a huge investor in us, and you know maybe these other like leading VCs that are believers in us. In addition to some insurers who have invested in us, so it's like. You know, this this is this is a startupy place. It's not a 200 year old insurance company, and that's you know I think that's really enabled us to attract amazing talent because I know that's not easy. I don't take that for granted at all.
0: How would you describe like the the team culture at Openly that you guys have created?
1: Yeah, I mean, we we're heavily focused on integrity first. I mean, it's it, being in any financial services business, you have to be. We know that, like, if it's do the right thing, or you know, even at the expense of some money left on the table, we we absolutely it's not even a question. So that that's important to us, um, and that can mean doing the right thing for the whole company as opposed to like your department of the company. That's really important to us. I actually see teamwork as it's kind of a variant of in, or an offshoot of integrity, where you're saying I'm it is my duty to do the best thing for the whole company as opposed to the best thing for like my area of the company. So it would really reinforce that, and then. We are a somewhat nerdy and curious bunch, I would say, compared with <laughs> you know. Maybe we 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 we're, we're courteous to each other. We're, we're friendly, and we have we have fun together. But we very much exercise first principles thinking. We do not come to a meeting and say, "Well, we should do it this way because so and so said," or whatever. That doesn't fly. It's like why 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 why? Tell me, you know, pull on the string until we get to the bottom of why we do it this way. And if it's a good answer, great. If not, then let's let's do it a different way.
0: Do you guys use personality assessments that rate for that, uh, that analytical, logical, uh, framework, or is it a little bit different when somebody joins openly?
1: We, uh, well, we do inform, I think in, in our, as part of our interview process, we are pretty rigorous about asking questions that get at different types of, um, thinking and pushing people to make sure that at least someone in the interview process is pushing someone on, uh, when have you thought outside the box in whatever scope, you know, you can be frontline transactional service. And still, you know, th- there's plenty of scope in almost any role for questioning, why do we do things this way? And so we really look for that. We don't, we don't have currently, I mean, we, you know, the exec team, we sometimes uh, will under, try, you know, so we all get along, we'll do some tests to understand where we all lie. But as a company-wide practice, it's more through just the interview process.
0: I think that's one of the things we're always um, thinking about at Quantum is. Um, finding people that will really thrive in that startup culture, where it's so dynamic and changing, and you're charging forward. And what it looks like today is different than what it looked like six months ago, certainly 12 months ago. And um, I just have so much respect for the team members that can jump on board, really dive into the deep end of the pool in that kind of environment, and um, just swim with the, the pack, think outside the box, and be willing to embrace that kind of that kind of change. And we're always questioning. You know, it, you know, do we go this way or do we go that way? And so we've had some really dynamic team, team conversations where we have those friendly debates about really really thinking critically about what the right moves are gonna be because you're building something new and there's so much to test out. Uh, you're testing the waters, you're still in, you know, implementation phase and, and thinking through those hard problems, so.
1: Yeah, I mean, small companies have so many disadvantages against big companies, but <clears throat> that is absolutely one of the advantages you have is that you, you can have this great culture like that when you're, you're relatively small, as opposed to a, you know, 50,000 person organization, it it is a little bit easier. So what's
0: the, what's the heartbeat of openly when it comes down to it at the end of the day? Um, You could be on the beach in Charleston. So what what keeps you (laughs) waking up every morning uh, still excited to do this?
1: Oh man. I, uh, I, I love just my personality is such that I love just tackling new things. And like I said, just getting to the bottom of a problem. And it can be a, it can be a huge problem. It can be a tiny problem. I can go down, I could spend two days talking about like, or investigating with somebody why the, you know, the application signature workflow process needs to go that way or that way. And they'll get sick of me because I'll push on like, well, why would you do that? Why would, you know, why wouldn't you have it? So I I just, I, I love it when we encounter some problem. It could be Um, across, you know, operational workflow or marketing or, um, you know, prediction of loss. I just, I love, um, getting in there and and helping solve problems. And I also, at this point, what's really exciting is that I I love team building. And in the early days of openly, it was all about, there was, there was team building, but it was also a lot about like building stuff personally between myself and my co-founder. And now we're getting to the point where we have enough, you know, we're VC backed and have enough traction, revenue, and money that we can hire world-class people away from some of these big companies. And that is exciting to be building. Like This is going to be the next amazing insurance company, or it is amazing already, I think, but it's going to be the next big insurance company. And uh, to be building the team that I can now see running that and and being part of that is awesome. Creating something
0: new, Um, knowing that you're solving some of those huge pain points. And I think for... I don't want to speak for our audience because we have such a broad audience. We have captives that are thinking about going IA. We have independents who have um, commercial agencies, some that have personal lines, but a golden thread that I see is that the, the agent wants to know that this client that they met at the chamber of commerce or in their community, or this person that they just got to know over the phone who told them how hard COVID was. They want them to walk away with coverage. That's going to be there when those sucky things in life happen that are horrible and they they want to be able to follow up on what they pro- promised to this person. But they, they also have this business that they're creating where they're putting their whole identity into this small business that they're cultivating, they're growing every day, they're building their team, and they want to know that the carriers they're partnering with have their back and aren't working in a totally opposite direction. So you talked about that a little bit earlier. I love that you're um, not going direct to consumer. But just as we wrap up today, could you just speak to that independent agent about um, how just addressing that need for independent agents to know that they're, they're working with somebody who understands that um, that business model.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, when we were first out pitching openly to VCs, the question we always got were why guys, why are you, why wouldn't you go direct with this? Why you have, you have this great product, these algorithms take it direct to consumer. Why bother with this? And we we had to <laughs> repeatedly convince them, or a lot of times we lost the deal. But we would try and convince. them. We say, no, this is the way to do it. If you have an amazing product, you give it to the people who understand an amazing product and can differentiate it from a crappy product. So consumers they, they just know they don't under they don't do it enough to understand. So you know they would also then the, the other argument we get from VCs would be, well, yeah, but the channel is going away. And I could not. I would I would take them to the mat over that one. I just say that is not true. Look empirically at what's happening. Look at. Just ask yourself, if, if you were going to go shop for insurance, would you rather go to like 10 different websites and put in the same information over and over and over and over and over again? Or would you rather go to one place and provide your information and have it shop for you in an independent way that's sort of on your side? And they would invariably say, oh, I'd, I'd want B, but I'd want to be more digital. And I'd say, OK, that's it's fine. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be more and more digital over time. And agencies will adapt, they'll grow, they'll be digital. But we are headed way down the road. We're headed toward a you know digitally empowered agency, not... Digitally driven uh, direct to consumer uh, models, where it's a single carrier waiting at the other end. That's just the way the world is going, and so I and it's you know I look at like from a business perspective, that is the way the world will go. And from a um, you know what would you recommend to your grandmother perspective again? I would absolutely, I do absolutely tell all my relatives shop through an independent agent because it's the way you you have someone who's actually going to tell you if you have the right coverage and it's the best price. So we are totally dedicated to the channel, um, and it's producing amazing economics. And we're the ones who are right now, VCs are dying to invest in us because we have proven that this model works. It brings you better quality customers, it brings you low churn, good loss ratios, strong growth without just nonsense money wasted on advertising. So we are, um, we're, <laughs> as you can tell, we're very excited about uh, the, the channel and joint success. I want the channel to win, and I, I know that it will, and, I, and uh, we're committed to being the carrier that, is, that independent agents can rely on as, as part of that.
0: It's really heartening to hear. And so um, it's really neat to see that there are solutions coming out in the insure tech space that are going to make it easier to protect clients, easier to grow businesses. And um, it's neat to see somebody coming out that, that gets that. And um, we agree at Quantum, we, we don't see the, the, the distribution point dying off. We, we think that clients deserve and want to be able to speak with someone that knows what they're talking about and who can make it an easier process for them than if they did it themselves with a better end result. And mm-hmm. um, the cool thing about it is that when independent agents succeed, there's a huge ripple effect in their community because of the jobs that they're bringing on board in their office, the clients that they're serving, the networking they do with other businesses in the community. And there's just so much potential there to have a really huge positive impact. So um mm-hmm. Thanks for pulling back the curtain a little bit, letting us get to know Openly a little bit more. Um, can you tell us um, anything that is around the corner for Openly or that you'd like to update us on before we wrap up?
1: Yeah. I mean, look, we're in, um, like I said, we're in about eight states right now. We'll be in 20 to 25 into this year. We'll be countrywide in 2022. Um, there'll be more products on down the road, you know, um, you know, probably an auto product in 20 It's it's a little wild but early 2023 late 2022 um, we're expanding onto new Raiders every day so um, we we are actively pushing and pushing and pushing um and we are welcoming new agents who are who are a fit right who have the kinds of you know customer segments that we're we're going after right now um, but we would love to hear from folks out there who who are interested in talking to us we, we promise we will be urgent as a startup should be um, or as a early stage company should be uh, with you and um, in responding to you, I should say, um, and go to openly.com and we'd, we'd love to be in touch.
0: Awesome. And I know that the, um, the people that we've spoken with at openly were not just eager to help, but they, 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 they did a great job. They were really great to work with. So kudos to you on that. And thanks Ty for chatting today. Um, This has been great. I feel like I've learned a lot about home insurance and I've been in the industry for, um, it'll be 10 years in three weeks. Uh, I, my first day in insurance was April fool's day, (laughs) 2011. So quite, quite the day to choose to get to insurance.
1: (laughs) Congratulations on that. And, And thank you for having me. And also, um, you know, to your listeners out there who are already working with openly, thank you so much. Um, this is, you know, obviously just an amazing journey for us that wouldn't be possible without you all putting your your, your faith in us so thank you
0: absolutely agents um, this show is all about you your agency brainstorming ideas together and just continuing this conversation about how to Grow and scale your agency in the modern market without losing the heart and soul of your agency, your team, what you've worked so hard to build, but just increasing that tool set that will enable you to go to battle in that digital world. And so um, thanks for tuning in. Make sure you take a sec to hit subscribe. We'll have another episode coming out um, next Monday. Um, just so grateful for all the awesome guests that we've had on the show. And reach out, let us know what questions you have about Openly, what questions you have for Ty and his team. Be sure to go to their website and check it out. And um, we'll definitely have to stay tuned and watch all of the exciting things that Openly is going to achieve over the future. Um, agents, this is Caitlin Agar and Ty Harris signing off. Talk to you next time.
2: Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it.